there, there is a lot happening in general in the church right now, and, and that's because God's always at work. Um, one of the sort of foundational scriptures of the vineyard as a movement, and certainly of, of this church and of my life, is John 5.19. Jesus says in John 5, uh, the son can do nothing by himself, but he only does what he sees the father doing. And that's really, I mean, at the base level, that's our intent as a church. That's, that's what we function on, is we want to see what God is doing. God's always showing us. He's always revealing his will to us. And what we get to do is we get to partner with him. We don't have to save souls. We don't have to heal sick people. We don't have to bring encouragement except as God does it through us. We bring his salvation, we bring his healing, and we bring his encouragement. And so, uh, boy, I just encourage you as you see things happening in the church, jump in. Whether it's something that's happening here ministry-wise, something happening in your workplace or your neighborhood, maybe it's a group of people gathering uh, around your school or wherever it is, jump in to what God is doing. There's nothing like cooperating with God and expanding the kingdom. That was a freebie. I just tossed that out to you. Um, <clears throat> Sunday uh, Sunday's a tiring day for me, you might imagine. I don't know if you realize it, but I'm a very strong introvert. So a lot of people around me kind of make me crazy, <laughs> though I love you all. Um, uh, Sunday morning is very early. I love the morning. So Sunday morning, I get up a little bit before five, and that's happy for me, okay? Don't feel sorry for me. I like it. That's why I look a little sleepy about halfway through the sermon second service, though, because uh, I've been up early. So in the afternoon on Sundays, if I'm not playing golf with my son, I'm often laying on my floor and watching golf on TV and occasionally taking a little nap. There's a little insight into my life. <laughs> Thrilling, isn't it? <clears throat> what I catch on Sunday afternoon watching golf are a lot of commercials that seem to be directed to people like me, aging males. And so you got all of these uh, pharmaceutical um, ads. Don't worry, I'm not going there. I got all these, all those pharmaceutical ads. You know, it's, and it usually starts off with some guy. You know, maybe he looks kind of fat, ugly, or sad. I don't know. And and you know, some pill pops up. You know, Bozomax or whatever the thing is. I just made that one up. You know, it pops up. He takes it. You know, and all of a sudden, the next scene is you know he's slim, tan you know, happy, there's a woman involved somehow, and I mean, every, his life has changed because of this medication. And then, you know what happens at the very end of the commercial, right? You know where I'm headed with this? The guy comes on, sounding like Scott McElroy, and he says, <clears throat> some side effects may include. <laughs> and then he goes for about a minute, you know, loss of hair, loss of pride, your nose might fall off, your head might fall off, poor gas mileage, you know. All, all the things that could happen, you know, the side effects of this thing that's supposed to bring benefit. Well, um, you're wondering, where are you going, Randy? This, I promise it connects. The Psalms in the Bible are like a commercial for God. I think of the Psalms like commercials for God, because in the Psalms, it's not just teaching and it's not just history. It's the life's stories of people who've experienced and encountered God in life. In the Psalms, we see ourselves. Bill Johnson, pastor at Bethel Church in Reading, says when you don't know where to read in the Bible, when you don't know what to do, and you can't discern where you are with God, pick up the Bible, read the Psalms, and read until you find yourself. Just read until you find yourself, and there you will find yourself. 
and how God might want to speak to you, God's promises to you, and God's heart towards you when you're in those situations that you don't know how to get out of. So the Psalms are like commercials, and they give us, as it were, the benefits of a life with God. The beauty of the Psalms is that we see in a life with God no bad side effects. We just see the benefits. And there's specifically a psalm I want to look at this morning, Psalm 103. And Psalm 103, is a, it's a beautiful statement from the psalmist speaking to himself, what are the benefits of a life following God? Not what do we get for what we do, but what do we receive from God because of who we are in Christ? So I want to read Psalm 103 and we'll take a few minutes and look through it. This is the word of God. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. God's making his ways known to you right now in your life. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. This is like a promo commercial for the benefits of a life in God. I don't want to equate... A re- <laughs> Someone's gargling. <laughs> the side effects may include... Um, I don't want to equate a walk with God uh, as you know some sort of like it's a prescription ju- drug. I don't mean it that way. But it, it, when we read the Psalms, we get this picture of what God wants to do in our lives. We get the picture of a real life experience. It's not like a commercial which is staged. It's somebody's life. It's somebody's reality in their connection and in their experience with God. So uh, the psalmist says at the very beginning, beginning of Psalm 103, he says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Talked about this a couple times in the last few months. I've heard somebody say, if you, if you don't speak to yourself, you're crazy. You know, we think about people that talk to themselves as crazy. But the fact is, if you don't talk to yourself, then what you're hearing is every other voice in life. Every other voice from media, every other voice from radio, every other voice from other people, some who have your best in mind and some who don't. Some who believe in you and some who don't. We've got to speak to ourselves. We get to tell our soul what to do. The soul in a person, mind, will, and emotions. The soul is the place that um, our spirit works to connect with God's spirit. It's, it's, the, it's like the CEO, the center place of our life. In our mind, will, and emotions is where we interact with God and where we interact with the world. Do you know you're powerful? Do you know no one can tell you what to think? No one can tell you how to feel. You know, you ever had that conversation, someone comes up and says, you made me feel. Well, no, they didn't. You didn't make anybody feel anything. We choose the feelings we have. There are natural reactions to bad things. But in our soul, we decide what we'll think about, 
how we will feel and how we will act. It's where we make decisions. And so the psalmist, at the beginning of this commercial, he gives this little promo. He says, here's how I deal with God. I speak to myself first. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord. It means in an appreciating way, in gratitude, thank God for what he's done. I call it a grateful gaze. If we could come into our days and into our times with God, and I'd say our times with people, with an inner grateful gaze for what God has done in our lives, it will open our eyes to what he wants to do in our lives in the present. A grateful gaze. The psalmist says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless all that is within me, every part of me. The part that's angry, the part that's anxious, the part that's screaming, the part that's fearful, the part that's joyful, every part within me. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul. Everything within me. Bless his holy name. Praise his name from a willful choice in my being. And then he says this, and forget none of his benefits. Forget none of his benefits. I don't think that the opposite of praising God is necessarily cursing God. The reality is that most of us will not get up one morning and start cursing God. I think that the opposite of praising God is forgetting God. The opposite of praising God and intentionally moving towards him with our spirits and in our souls, bringing to mind what he's done and what he's doing. The opposite is to forget him. The opposite is to walk through our days as if he's never acted before. You know how tempting that is. You wake up, you might have a great time with God. You might see angels and have visitations and prophecy, dreams and visions. But you walk out the door and the world assaults you. And the world is constantly trying to draw your attention from God. The world constantly wants you to forget God. The opposite of praising God is forgetting him. And so the psalmist speaks to his own soul. And he says, Hey soul, don't forget the benefits of your life in God. Don't forget the benefits of your life in God. When we forget who God is in our lives, when we forget what God's doing in our lives, we'll naturally focus on what isn't happening and what only we're able to do. It's like we put a self-limiting a gauge on our own lives. When we forget about what God has done and when we don't bring to mind what God is doing right now, it's like we put a limiting gauge on our own lives. We essentially say to God, God, I'm on my own. I'm not looking at what you've done. I'm not looking at what you're doing. I'm going to do it in my own power. Wish me luck. (laughs) We don't need luck. We need God. (laughs) And so when we remember when we choose to speak to our soul and say, hey, remember the benefits of being with God. We see what God has done. As soon as we remember what God has done, our eyes open to what he is doing. How many of us, I mean, it's such a temptation for me. Um, I get stuck in the past worrying, did I do well enough? Or why did that happen? And I get stuck in the future. What will happen? And I miss this part called the present. And this is where God is. You know, God is not in the past and he's not in the future. Uh Uh-oh, heresy warning. 
God's not in the past and he's not in the future. God is in the eternal present. God stands outside of time. He's everywhere at all time. So you want to engage God? Do it now. (laughs) You want to engage God? Do it here in the present. God can redeem the past and God has the the future certainly, but he wants to interact with you in the now. So when we bring to our minds, God, what have you done? What were the benefits I've received from God? What have you done in my life? It opens our eyes to what he's doing right now. And he's doing a lot right now. What is God doing? Let's look at the verses. Here's what God is doing in your life right now. You ready? These are your benefits. Right now, he's forgiving all your iniquity. Even now, God's forgiving your sin. He's wiping it clean. There's not a person in Christ in here this morning for whom the Lord holds anything against you. You're clean. We're all white as snow this morning. You may or you may not feel it. I don't care. It's true. You're clean. You're free. Because right now, and now, and now, God's forgiving your sin. He's healing all your diseases. Let's be honest, this is a hard one. Because there are sick people sitting in the room right now. But right now, God is in the process of healing all your diseases. I don't know when that healing will fully manifest. There's mystery. We live between the times. We live in the now and the not yet. Jesus is here, but his presence is coming fully a second time. We bear the presence of God and we see inbreaks of the kingdom of God in our lives, but not fully yet until he comes again. But right here in the now, God's healing. So whether that healing manifests when we pray after the service or as I'm speaking, or that healing manifests next week or at the end of your life or when you see Jesus, God's doing it. And we must remember that God is the healer. That God is the healer. Isaiah 53, by his stripes, we are healed. It's happening right now. This is what God's doing in your life. He's redeeming your life from the pit. I don't want to put you all in the pit, okay? But some of you are there. He's redeeming your life from the pit. Do you know what redemption means? Essentially, redemption is this, taking something that's invaluable and making out of it something that's valuable or of worth. Think about those things in your life, in the past, maybe in the present, and you think, man, this is dirt. This is slime. This is abuse. This is just bad. This is evil. What God's doing right now is he's redeeming those things. You can't redeem them. We can't turn things. Nobody gets to say about us, and we work all things together for our good. We don't know how to do it. But Romans 8.28 says, God is working together all things for our good. Right now, he's redeeming our lives from the pit. He's pulling us out of places where he knows there is no life. Can you open your eyes to it? God, God doesn't come down and just, you know, scoop you and pluck you. What he does when we're in the pit is he looks down and he says, I want you to come. Would you take a step? Here's my hand. Would you take a step? And we cooperate with God in our healing. God's doing that in your life right now. How would you cooperate with him? God's crowning us with steadfast love and mercy. 
This word, uh, steadfast love, it's a great Hebrew word. And I'm just going to say it because it's fun for me. The words chesed sometimes creates a phlegm situation. Chesed. And the word is interesting because we don't have an English equivalent for it. We honestly, we don't have a word because what it is, is it's faithful, loving kindness. That's the Hebrew word. They had a way to think about God who was faithfully, always, unconditionally, eternally being loving and kind towards his people. And they put it in chesed. And we got three words to do it because maybe we don't get it. But this is God's heart towards us. This is what he's doing right now, crowning you, okay? Imagine, you know, you're walking into the sanctuary of your own soul and God is there and he's taking faithful love and kindness towards you. It's all he has in his mind towards you. And he's setting it on your head like a crown. And that crown a faithful, loving kindness gives you the authority as a person to walk through life victoriously. It doesn't mean you win every battle. It doesn't mean all you do is put a plastic smile on your face. But it means that you don't need to live under your circumstances. Because God's view towards you, his action is crowning you with faithful, loving kindness and mercy. Just for fun, mercy If grace is God giving us what we don't deserve, then mercy is God not giving us what we do deserve. Praise God. He does not give us what we deserve. How many of us had parents that gave us what we deserved and then some? Do you ever ever hear this one? Here's a whack for what you did and whatever you're thinking about. Wham! Like, are you kidding me? That can't be fair. Because we had broken parents. And we are broken parents. But this is God's work, mercy. You go th- we won't do it, but through the rest of the psalm, we see God's not holding our sin against us. As far as the east is from the west. Do this, sunrise, sunset. They never touch. They never touch. As far as the east is from the west, that's how far God has removed our transgression from us. God's love for us, as high as the heavens are above the earth, And you know what I love is when you see that sin taken away and that love given to us, we see a picture of the cross. Next time you look at the cross, here's what I want to go through your mind. He's removed my sin from me. It will never touch me again. There's no no penalty to be paid. I'm unpunishable. And the love of God is so deep and is so broad, it will redeem everything from my past, everything in my present, and eternally from my future. That's God's action towards you. That's a pretty good prescription. Those are pretty good benefits. That's what God is doing in our lives. When we gratefully acknowledge these things that God's doing, then we can actively cooperate with these things that God's doing. Because this is God's activity in our lives and he wants us to do it with him. You know what that means? When he's forgiving our sin we can be forgiving our sin. How many of us walk around holding sins against ourselves that God's completely forgotten about? And it's a shame. It is. No shame on you, but it is a shame because the enemy wins when we hold sins against ourselves that Jesus has already paid for. 
So when we acknowledge God's activity in our lives, we get to cooperate with God. What if we walked a whole week in forgiveness of ourselves? Man, I'd be happy. <laughs> er, happier. What if we um, cooperated with God in our own healing? You know what that means? The stuff we know that's taking us to death, we stop. Okay, God, I'll stop that. And I'll, I'll, I'll do what you want to do. We would cooperate when we see what God's inviting us into. What if we cooperated with God in redeeming our own lives from the pit? When God reaches down and says, you don't have to live in that junk anymore. You don't have to think those thoughts anymore. You don't have to be bound by that sin anymore. You don't have to be put in a box by that experience anymore. We just take a step up to God and we breathe fresh air. We're cooperating with what God is doing. What if we crowned ourselves each morning with steadfast love and mercy? Not our love, not our faithfulness, not our mercy, but we walked like kings and queens that we are with the voice of God behind us, my steadfast love, my love, my kindness, my mercy. We would be free people. Can I tell you a secret? We are free people. (laughs) We are free people to the extent that we believe what God has said and what God is doing about us. Those are God's actions towards us. Now let's look at God's attitude towards us. If if that's what God is doing in our lives, let's look at what God is thinking about us when he's doing those things. What do you think? He's thinking, man, I got to help him again. Again with the sin. (laughs) How many times? You need more mercy? I'm running out up here. There's a shortage, you know. No. Here's God's attitude. Look at this. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. God's attitude towards you is mercy. I will never give you what you deserve. God's attitude 100% of the time is grace. I will continue to give you good things that you don't deserve. God's attitude towards you is patience. And God's attitude towards you is love, steadfast love. Um, A.W. Tozer, pastor from 60 years ago in Chicago, said, um, the thought that comes into your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. What you think about when you think about God is the most important thing about you. And let me tell you, I'm in serious business here. Any thought or conception of God in your life that does not include his mercy towards you, his grace towards you, his uh, love towards you, what was my other one? And his patience, his patience towards you is not a thought worthy of God. Think about that. Sometimes we think we're doing God a favor when we go around and beat ourselves up holding ourselves to things that we think we should be able to do, being unmerciful to ourselves, impatient and angry like our parents were, many of us, and berating, or even worse, hating ourselves. And we think we're doing God a favor, as if God needs the muscle in our lives to beat ourselves up, to get us whipped into shape. But any conception of God in your life that doesn't include his mercy, his grace, his patience, and his love, 
is a thought unworthy of God. You know what I say? Let's get rid of them. Let's stop thinking about God and ourselves in ways that aren't true. Let's hear the truth. God's mercy is towards you. God's grace is towards you. He cannot wait to give you things that you need, goodness that you do not deserve. God's love is towards you. There's no way he can love you more than he loves you right now. There's no way he can love you less than he loves you right now. You're perfect in his sight. Is this hard to take? It's a little hard to take for me sometimes. You know what? It seems too good to be true because all we have is a human mind with which to conceive it. But the scripture in 1 Corinthians says that we have the mind of Christ. So I want to ask this morning that God would reveal in us the mind of Christ, that we would remember the things that he has done so that we could see the things that he is doing in our lives and we could cooperate with them. I want to ask this morning that God will give us grace to think about ourselves the way that God thinks about us, merciful, gracious, patient, and loving. I want to challenge you this week to spend uh, your days looking at what God has done and opening your eyes to what God is doing in your lives, the forgiveness, the way he's redeeming. Focus on those things. The way he's working righteousness and justice in your life right now, in any place that you're oppressed, he's working it. He's working it. And I want to challenge you this week to, to not entertain the thought of God or from God or of yourself that's not worthy of God himself. I want to challenge you to live in forgiveness of yourself this week. To live in cooperation with God's redemptive plan in your life. To literally, it sounds kind of new agey, it's not. It's biblical. To love yourself. To love yourself. Why should we feel any different about ourselves than our Creator and Redeemer does? Why? If we were to do that for even one week, some side effects may include Increased joy, physical healing, emotional wounds erased, encouraged, empowered, loving and healing relationships, a breakthrough in your life, the kingdom of God, righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit on you, in you and through you. Those are good side effects. I want every single one of those. Let's pray. The communion servers can come forward. We'll get ready for communion. God, we look to you this morning and we choose with our minds, with our wills, and Lord, in our emotions, we choose to look to you with a grateful gaze and we say thank you. Thank you, God, for the benefits of the redemption of Jesus in our life. Thank you, God, that you chose us, that you're forgiving, that you're redeeming, that you're crowning us with steadfast love and mercy. You're redeeming us from the pit, that, God, right now you're working in our lives in those places where we feel oppressed by the world, righteousness and justice. And, God, we worship you for who you are, Gracious, merciful, abounding in love, patient. God, 
Release in us the power, the grace, and the will to act towards ourselves as you are acting to us and to think of ourselves as you think of us. That we might release the love and the power of God into the world. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I dare you this week to receive the truth into your life and to live it with confidence and joy. If you've given your life to following Christ, He lives within you, you know that you're secure in your relationship with Him, and this is your time to say thank you and to once again take the body and the blood of Christ as a means of grace into your being. Just come forward down the diagonal aisles, take a bit of the bread representing the body of Christ broken for you and dip it into the wine or the juice that represents His blood, the very grace that covers our sin. There's uh, wine on the inside stations and there's, uh, or there's juice on the inside stations and wine on the outside. If you've never entered into a relationship with God through Jesus and you want to know what that means, then I'd ask you to just wait while we're taking communion, but afterwards we'll have a ministry team up front. We would love to talk to you, answer questions, pray with you, that you might know God in that type of grace and mercy. When you're ready, please come forward. I want to encourage you um, to act today, uh, to act on maybe it was uh, something the Lord spoke to you during worship, or maybe Debbie's word about releasing voice and walking in what you're called to, or getting rid of impediments, or maybe it's something about remembering what God has done, or opening your eyes to what God is doing, or just beginning to think and to live with yourself with the same attitude that God himself has towards you. I want to encourage you to act. I can't apply this morning's message to you but the Holy Spirit's already doing it. So I just uh, encourage you, open your heart today. Say, God, what would you have me do? And God will lead you. And the world will be different tomorrow because of the choices that we make today. If the ministry team could come forward. Um, uh, we'll, uh, we'll pray and we'll close the service. If you'd like someone to pray for you or pray with you um, after the service, come on forward. We'd love to do that. And... Um, you're free also just to be in your seat, just to be in God's presence and to respond. Let's pray. God, we ask now that you would um, release the Holy Spirit among us in greater measure. It is the Holy Spirit that reveals the love and the power of God. And we ask for it, God. Reveal what you're doing in our lives. Help us to set our minds upon you. Reveal, God, your heart towards us. Let us know you for who you are and live with you the way that you think about us. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you'd like prayer, uh, please come forward. Otherwise, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Have a great day.